Hi, good evening. My name is Jay Rockman. I am the host of the show. Welcome to Real Men, Real Talk, live! Welcome back to our holiday edition, episode 132. 132. Welcome back to Real Men, Real Talk Live. Rachel Fiore, spiritual leader, welcome back. I believe this is number four, the fourth time in 2022 that you are joining us live in the broadcast room. Welcome home, Rachel. Thank you so much. Always such an honor to be here with you wonderful, wonderful divine souls. Thank you for having me. And you are, you are so welcome. It's an honor to have you join us. So we're always excited when you when you step in uh, with all of us to, uh, to go deep diving into the topic tonight. Of course, we have Evis Lovey, the man of the land from down under. He calls Australia home. Welcome back, Evis Love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Always uh, looking forward to diving in with our sister tonight. Let's do this. And of course, we have Mr. Jeff Fasano. Nashville, Tennessee is what he calls home. Welcome to Real Men Real Talk Live tonight, Jeff Fasano. <laughs> We still have the best intro song ever. Yeah, man. Well, it never, ever, ever gets old. I agree. Right? Uh, we can thank uh, Josh or Jay Riddy, uh, dressed in his holiday, holiday uh, apparel this evening. Josh Richard calls uh, Southern California home. Welcome back to Real Men Real Talk Live. And we have three of us, at least three, that are dressed for the holiday spirit. Ev, you're wearing your... Your, your red, uh, of course, we got Rachel wearing her red, and Josh has got a lot of red and a lot of other color all uh, intertwined. But tonight's topic is all about holiday obligations or excuses to stay powerless. Uh, Rachel, um, as we close out the year, we all felt uh, it was appropriate to have you join us for one last episode. Why? Because the other three that you showed up, you lit us, you lit us up, and uh, you just had so much wisdom to share. We thought as we are all heading into this holiday, the end of the year holidays, it was an appropriate time to welcome you back into the show tonight and deep dive into, is it really are the holiday obligations or is it excuses to stay powerless? I'm going to ask you to kind of kick us off tonight and share with us, what does that mean to you, excuse to stay powerless? Why is that? And how, how could we avoid that so that we're not powerless, but we actually, is it possible we can even show up empowered? Beautiful. I love this topic. And especially for the holidays, I see a lot of people go through this every year during the holiday season. What do you do for the holidays? And a lot of people will feel obligated. They automatically spend the holidays with family, of course, most people. And what does that mean, though, for a lot of people? It means fighting. It means resentment. It means unhealed wounds being activated and triggered. I think a lot of people feel obligated. We have been conditioned. This is just what we do. We spend the holidays. We celebrate things with our family. My challenge to everybody is what is your definition of family? Because everybody in this universe, every being 
is family. We are all a divine family and we don't think that way yet. We don't talk that way yet. We think blood family means everything. But if you feel obligated in any way to spend the holidays with your in-laws, with your relatives, with whomever, if you feel obligated, there is something unhealed that very seriously needs to be looked at. That is a level of powerlessness that you are carrying within you when you don't have the power in unconditional love to tell people no when you spend holidays with family members who criticize you, run old patterns of abuse. Um, they still verbally or psychologically put you down or there's that little bit of manipulation. So if that stuff is still there, if you're still treated that way, no more making excuses. Oh, that's just the way my dad is. You know how he is. No, it is time to recalibrate and redefine what it means to be with family. Family loves, family supports. It doesn't mean family never makes a mistake, but we need to elevate beyond this blood family nonsense because that creates separation programs. And that means for the holidays that I should be with my blood family, even if they treat me poorly, versus be with my soul family members who are there to lift me up, elevate, support, and be in love and celebrate the holidays in oneness. That is where we start. That's what I want to dive into. Who's showing up as powerless without the ability to tell family members no more. I choose to be with other people who are going to honor me, love me, and respect me for the holidays. No judgment, but I'm going to do something different. Beautiful. I can just keep listening. Go Ooh, ahead, Rachel. Keep going, Rachel. <laughs> show, Light it up. Can take the night off, and you just keep. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, many, many years ago, I, I, I was, I couldn't wait to say this. Um, I used to. Well, when we talk about obligation, it's deeper than just the holidays, of course. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's about whatever obligations that we think we have to other people to stay in relationships, to do this, to do that. Um, a whole bunch of years ago when my parents, well, actually my father had passed, but my mother was still alive. I would go and spend um, uh, Christmas with uh, my, my siblings and their, their, uh, my sibling and his partner let's let's leave it at that and i would do that every year and i would do it out of obligation hmm. and really i would okay that's where i'm going for christmas most of the time it was like i wasn't it was like what am i doing here nobody cares that i'm here hmm. and i'm here probably just to see my young nieces and nephew and after that's done, it's like there is nothing else going on. So after a while, my my um, uh, I decided, you know what, I'm I'm am done with that. And it really was more about I want to be where people value me. I want to be where I am. Uh, um, celebrated or or i or people who care 
who are, are, you know, I'm, I'm there. So what I did is I just decided not to do that anymore and, and just mm -hmm. not, and I'm going to go to wherever it will be where I'm enjoying myself, whether that is with friends or with other parts of my biological family. And I realized that my parents had moved to Florida. I was like, I'm going to go spend Christmas with my parents in Florida. I enjoyed being with them. It was this other part that was just, it, and after a while, I just said, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. And I just want to spend the holidays where it is mutually celebrated. We're valued. People actually are like, oh, wow. Hey, Jeff's here. And good I'm like, oh, wow. You. Hey, good to see you. Yeah. And then there's that mutual. Um, and, and that was never, that was never there back in those days. And I made that choice. Um, and with that choice, of course, comes um, the ramifications of that choice. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, I have to make this choice for myself. And maybe that means, you know what, I don't get to see my nieces and nephew for, for Christmas. But you know what, that's the way life is. And it just comes down to, to valuing that and also going, you know what? It's one day out of the year. I mean, for some people, it's a week out of the year. It could be, but but yeah. that that's that's what I did, and and then just you know enjoyed myself more. Did I miss certain parts of it? Yes, I did. But I was also honoring and valuing me to be where I hey, I want to be where I'm having fun. Ooh, if I'm not having fun, I'm done. Well, it looks like. That's having fun there tonight. <laughs> All curled up in the warmth. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so what do you make of that, Ev, what, what Jeff just shared, about him making a conscious yeah. decision at some point to, to kind of back up or back off from what felt like the, uh, the family obligation to show up? Yeah, and I think, you know, what's important to understand, understand, understand as well is you've got to first ask yourself the question, what is Christmas to you? What are these holy days to you? Yes. What, what, what are these times of the year that we give our personal power and our energy towards? See, I actually shared a video this morning. I talked about going back about six years ago now, and I actually declined from attending a couple of the family functions because of these holy days. I started to really learn the energy, uh, energy signatures that were attached to some of these things. Mm. And if we actually have a look at Christmas and where it actually comes from, when you understand where it comes from, firstly, which was called Saturnalia, it was all about debauchery. There was a lot of gluttony. There was a lot of greed. There was a mm. lot of stuff that went on behind these festivities that still carries the energy signature day, brothers and sisters whether you know or not. So when I started to learn those deeper things behind it, I actually pulled my energy and my power away from a lot of these seasons. But then I started to ask myself, okay, I felt these particular emotions around how I made my mum feel, how I made my younger nieces, nephews feel, that were all turning up to this celebration. So I went back to my values and one of my values, brothers and sisters, and I said this on the video again this morning as well, 
I'd ask you to ask yourself, and I'd be very surprised if at the top of your values list would be family. You know, some of us are very fortunate enough to have family within our lives. So I never feel that it's an obligation to go and attend these functions or these festivities anymore. But I am quite aware of the energy and the power that we're giving to these seasons. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's my responsibility, not an obligation. It's actually my power that I'm deciding to make the choice to turn up. So this goes back to what we're saying. If you're feeling powerless or want to go into that victim state and feeling obliged, this is the story about you on your journey. Mm -hmm. See, to me, this time of the year is about self-reflection. If you knew truly what this time of the year, the Christos, the Christ consciousness was all about, then you would know whether your light has been dim for this whole season or whether you are lit going into this time of the year, no matter what function or festivity you're turning up to, brothers and sisters, you're never going to feel obliged because it was your choice. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Ev, you brought up such a great point is that, and I think we uh, another common theme, aside from self-love that we talk about every time, is that <laughs> it comes back to us, right? I had an amazing lesson earlier this year when I went to visit family and because I can't, I couldn't change um, the family members in my life. I decided to change the story around me mm. and what I was doing. And I was showing up honestly wanting that love and approval. I wanted that. I'm proud of you, Josh. And that I desperately wanted since being a kid. And I'll be vulnerable and say that, that mm -hmm. I came to that relationship with a need, a, a lack from a place of not fulfilling that in myself. And I, I couldn't have guessed how massive the turn in the relationship would be by me giving that to myself and not needing it. It was honestly... I mean, here for all of my life, I thought it was the other person yes. that needed to change. But when I changed, the whole relationship shifted. We were free. Beautiful. In fact, I was the one keeping us in bondage. I was the one keeping us in this tense relationship when we got together. It was my fault for this need energy that was underneath. And when I let all that go, it freed both of us to enjoy and commune and have a great time. And it was fantastic. And we connected, uh, you know, again, deeper how things used to be. And it was, it was amazing that it was my fault. <laughs> and going, bringing it back home, right? Bring it, we can't change the world, but the one thing we do have control over is us and our, how we show up. And so, Ev, I love that you brought that up and brought that in. And it just, I mean, I saw it earlier this year and it was so powerful. The whole relationship changed. Beautiful. Super cool. I, I love that. I want to take a moment here. Uh, first and foremost, our show is for the viewers. And uh, I, just, uh, I just had a moment of clarity that I neglected to welcome our viewers tonight. 
I want to welcome our people and thank you for joining us on this uh, in this holiday seasonal episode 132. If you should hear something that you like or love, please tap your love button on your monitor and light us up. And if you should uh, enjoy what you're hearing, please share it with friends and family out in your social media community so that we can continue to touch more lives. That's why we show up each week on Real Men Real Talk Live. Uh, Josh, you know, one thing about you, you make it easy to love you today. You're a beautiful man. <laughs> and and I just absolutely, what, what you shared is so powerful because mm-hmm. I also uh, began to experience in my last number of years that it is about, it really is less about how, how they show up and how do we show up? Where is our mindset before we walk in? Are we setting mm-hmm. an intention? coming from lack and and need that that maybe that little boy or girl within didn't get and every year we keep going hoping that maybe this year will be better or different and we end up with the same results because we're we're kind of going almost in like that dog that's just wanting attention uh that's just a lap dog that just wants to be loved and ultimately the only thing that changes is when we change how we show up it is i believe it ultimately it is it is our choice to show up empowered or show up disempowered. And I, and I shared with you guys, guys and gal, of course, beautiful Rachel, before we went <laughs> live time, that for me, the game changer was I would set the intention. I set the intention out, whether it be a family a holiday uh, event or just a social event, even just in a local community where I, I call home today in Sedona, I set the intention that I, I want to I step in with dignity and grace, and my intention is to leave with my dignity and grace intact. Now, for me, that is that is my way of basically letting that little boy JJ within know, and no matter what, I've got his back. I am there to protect him. If anything doesn't feel comfortable, right? We know that we can step out of the room. We could we could go and do a quick breath work session, a short meditation. Just, just to come back to balance and center and stuff. Because I know what I know. I have no control how other people show up. I only have control how I show up today. And I, I choose to show up with love in my heart, empathy for those that are suffering and in pain. But it's not my responsibility to save them, rescue them, or endure whatever toxic behavior they may present. And at any given time, I can say, um, it's time for, for me to leave now. It's time for me to go. And mm-hmm. I can leave without being triggered before it gets to that point. So what do you make of that, Rachel Fiore? Yeah, I think we're touching on the divine definition of loyalty. We usually stay loyal to family members out of obligation and we're running mm-hmm. programs of codependency, of powerlessness, of dysfunction, of, of um, our shadow self, our unhealed aspects are showing up. But the way of loyalty, that universal way of oneness, the way of loyalty is I am loyal to showing up as my highest self in any and every situation. And mm-hmm. that means I am divinely powerful. So that means if I choose to show up with family and they don't shift the way that 
Josh was able to experience because they won't always shift just because you have. They won't. Sometimes they will. And it's magnificent. It's wonderful. Yeah, I wish I would have done that earlier. That's what we say sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, damn it. If that's, all it <laughs> that's all it took. was just me changing me. <laughs> why, why did I do this 10 years <laughs> why ago? Why did I do this 10 years ago? Damn it. Right? But sometimes you do that work. You heal yourself. And you show up in a very elevated way. You're not judging them. You're not getting triggered. And they still show up with their toxicity. And when that is the case, that is when you have two options. Set the powerful boundaries because that is an aspect of self-love. Say what you need to say. No, thank you. I'm not going to do that this time. Or I think it's time for me to leave. Thank you so much. And you leave. And or you know not to continue to spend time with people that are going to treat you that way. I had to make that choice in my life. I spent many holidays by myself because that was more love supportive, joyous than it was to go home, have an open heart and still be constantly criticized and judged and all the nasty things that would happen. That's okay that you're at that level. That's okay. There's no judgment here, but I don't deserve that. And that mm. was my choice to then no longer participate in somebody who refused to change who they were. I don't judge them for that. That's okay. Judgment means I'm judgmental. I don't need to be that. I am not superior to those people, I'm not superior to my mom who treated me that way. But I love myself enough to set the boundary and no longer participate in it. And that's where we you, have to draw the line. Great, Rachel, let me ask you real quick. What is the difference between um, showing up with judgment versus showing mm -hmm. up as a conscious observer from your yeah. perspective? Showing up with judgment, you're running a superiority program. Mm -hmm. I don't do that, so I'm better than you because I don't do that. Well, what are you doing right now? It's a very negative energy. It's, mm -hmm. It means you're creating inequality. You are making yourself superior and them inferior because mm -hmm. they're making the choices that they are making, and they might not be making loving choices at all. We don't justify them. We don't make excuses for them. We don't diminish what they're doing, but we don't have to be judgmental. You can be in your heart, grow your power, give yourself self-love, nurture yourself through the negativity someone may be offering you, and then set the boundaries, never judging them for how they're showing up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that, is that, would you say that falls under the category of simple, not easy? Simple, <laughs> not easy. You know, you know what makes it even simpler, and this is what I've learned over pretty much the last six months of this year, the last six months of this year were really, really intense for me. And I've come to this conclusion this week. I'm not going to be around people who don't value me. Mm. Done. Mm. And as Jay said, exit with dignity. It's yeah. just that simple. And that's where it's come for me. If, because I'm valuing me more of what, you know, it's, what, what raises my resonance and vibration? What lowers my resonance and vibration? I'm going to go towards what raises my resonance and vibration. And I'm making new choices in my life with family members who I'm realizing, wow, they don't value me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be around it anymore in my life on, uh, on any level. Um, and I know this show is about holiday obligations, but on a 
on a bigger level, it's, it's if, if I'm valuing me more and if, if you're not valuing me, then I'm just, you know, as Jay Rothman would say, I'm going to exit with dignity and not say a word, just like it's yeah. done. It's, it's done. It's over with. And, and now I'm going to create my soul family with those who uh, honor and value me as I honor and value them with the balance of giving and receiving. It's reciprocal. And if it's not yeah. there, then, then it's not there. And Jeff, something that's, that I heard you say, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of paraphrase you, um, our number one first obligation is to ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's not to our family members who aren't valuing and honoring and respecting us as their relatives, as their blood relatives. And so if we're waiting for a relative to finally show up and protect us and treat us the way we deserve to be treated, we may be waiting a lifetime and it may not happen. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about the family obligation, we have to, we don't have to be, but we have the opportunity to flip the narrative around that, on that one and realize that our first obligation is to make sure that we are, we feel safe, that we are not um, leaving in, in anger, rage, hurt, more pain, you know, another layer, another year, of more stuff. No, 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 not here, not now, not today. I want to acknowledge Katrina May coming in from the Vancouver, Canada area. Welcome, welcome to Real Men Real Talk Live, Katrina. We love having you join us when you're available. And tonight she is. Tonight she has, her only obligation was to show up right here on time. And she said, I have now been in Canada for 15 years to avoid all obligations, meaning she left uh, her country of birth, which was far, far away from Canada. She says, I felt it and it was a heavy burden. So I left and I never returned to ever have an obligation ever again. And let me tell you something. It is freedom. My question for that would be, why do you have to avoid all these obligations? Hmm. Mm -hmm. you're making mm -hmm. a choice of self-value you could be living right next door to your biological family and if you value yourself you don't have to move cross-country to avoid that obligation perhaps although, although i will say this because there are some cultures who they would show up on your door 20 times a day I've my mother did that. <laughs> and without the powerlessness, like the only way I can't set any boundaries without it being that there are mm -hmm. some types of family members where you'll be harassed. They will show up unannounced. Literally, they will. And it's just I'm going to leave away and get away from this. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's Katrina's situation, but I just want to honor people who really have that experience with family members move far away <laughs> move far away <laughs> and, and that's the thing like with the sister you know by the time it gets to an, a burden there is obviously deeper things that have happened probably uh, over decades yeah so you know we don't need to go there but in respect to what she's saying when you think of obviously how we're operating 
you know, this brain, it's, it's firing up off the environment first. The next thing is your body and then it's time. So 100%, if you've got to move, and that's a big boundary for the sister there, out of the environment that you're currently in that are bringing up these old emotions, that is pure freedom, like she's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And the one, the one caveat I will say is that... Um, you know, I, I think a lot of times we think we've done enough or we think we've clearly stated our boundaries or we think mm-hmm. we've been, you know, forthright enough to express. And it is, uh, <laughs> mom, I know she watches the show. So uh, <laughs> sorry, mom, I didn't ask if I could tell this uh, on the <laughs> air. But, uh, you know, I recently visited mom and I, for the first time, stated my boundaries so clearly with her like Mm. big time it was probably the firmest i've ever been with my mother um i have this caretaking you know story and past in me at taking care of the the women in my life and and i've operated from that and i've never wanted to rock the boat and never wanted Mm. to you know it was like the furthest from uh, what I would have done in my past, which was pretty, uh, mom, I, I yelled at you <laughs> and uh, in stating my boundaries. And that's something we'd never done mm-hmm. and I'd never done. And it was met with a response I wasn't expecting in a positive way. And mom wanted to talk about it and mom was open to it. So, um, you oh. know, I thought I had, in you know our our entire relationship, I thought I had done enough and been firm, but this time I was like crystal clear, black and white firm, and it changed. And she had so, a positive response. We love you, yeah. Josh's mom. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. That is, Josh, we that love is, you for that. I, that is so that might cool. be the outlier, really. But that <laughs> just th- just think about um, how all of us would want to have a, that relationship on that level, say with your blood family. And how many times, and I speak for myself, I would go to that situation, hoping mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that as I was moving through my processing, doing my inner work and growing, that they were doing the same and just hoping yeah. beyond hope that yeah. they were that they were going to change until you get to that place where you realize you know what this doesn't resonate for me but the the wonderful thing about you and your mom Josh is that your your mom is doing inner work yes so yeah. she could, I will, she I will, could, right so yeah. she could hear you yeah. and then respond to to that because she is doing isn't on that on that inner journey how many families are out there now and in this room where we can actually wish and hope that we had that relationship and then the thing about it is every year at holiday time you're going to go into the i'm wishing i'm hoping i'm hoping and i'm wishing and then the obligation kicks in and then you go and you go, oh, wow. Same old, same old, all over. The letdown. The letdown comes and you go, oh, my God, I'm here again. Nothing has shifted and changed. The only 
person maybe that is shifting and changing is me. And that's what Eb said about having the our responsibility and making the choices for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You're right, Jeff. Jeff. I am lucky. And we've stated that on the show. I think it's you that said it, Jeff. It had a place to land. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Mom. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Josh's mom. On behalf of all of us who wish that their really? mothers and, and relatives would be doing the inner work, I want to send so much love to you and gratitude. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. So mm -hmm. thank you for being there and doing the inner work because it's not easy, but I send love to you for doing it. It's amazing. Josh, I am curious when, when you, 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 just, you just shared that your mom was receptive to it. Did that open up a door in that moment for some spontaneous healing between the two of you? Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Uh, if you've you know, or even a deeper love. Yeah, and and also a deeper love of self. I had never felt that I could love myself that much to stand up in my power mm. to mom. You know, it was like um, mom was someone I, I felt that I needed to care for and about. And so to stand in my power against that was the exact opposite of what I had thought I needed to do in our relationship. And so it showed me that I can stand in my power and be with mom and we can do that together. Beautiful. Um, and that, and her beautiful, like, I mean, you're all stating, I'm very, very grateful. She was receptive and it had a place to land and mom grew too. And she's been exploring that since. So, um, yeah. Wonderful. Well, may I ask you this, people, can, people can surprise us too. With, with that with that new level of um, sounds like there's some gratitude in that experience for you does it does it give you some um, newfound confidence to assert yourself and set boundaries with others totally that well it was much it was much easier with others first I think this was probably <laughs> the hardest one um, but yes absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. I, I remember the what I, I call one of the first times I, I set a healthy boundary since we're talking about moms right now. It is the holiday season. It was early on in my healing journey. And um, I remember when I hung up the phone, I, I was that little boy in me was so excited. I literally raised my hands mm. up in the air and I screamed out loud. I did it. I did it. I did it. I set a boundary. <laughs> <with my mom. laughs> and, and it and, and it, I mean, it, in the moment, it was so freeing. It felt so good. And I will tell you that it was, it created a shift in the relationship. And I don't, and it doesn't really matter um, if it was more because of her, or because of me. What matters is that it, it created an opportunity for, for me to feel empowered in, in a way that I hadn't felt in my life with anybody is that you know when you talk about relationship between mothers and children is a, a different level of connection than an intimate connection that a, a child and a father may not have why because mom carried them mom carried us in the in in the womb we were mm -hmm. connected to the umbilical cord so there's a level of 
of um, intimacy that it's for many people, it's, it's very, very, very fearful to, to step in and, and ask for what you need in a relationship, hmm. especially yeah. around the holiday season when there's old, so many years and years and layers of memories and, and, and wounding and, and sorrow hmm. and sadness and all of the um, emotions that we carry into the next holiday season. So I am curious, Rachel, from your perspective, how can we, how can we um, show up this year in our 40s or 50s or 60s, a parent who's still alive, knowing that we have all of these decades of memories that, that didn't serve us, how can we emotionally show up differently um, this year and is there is there a way to release some of the energy behind the pain that we've been carrying for decades in our relationships when we step in again I think I know it's it on us but still right okay. i think a couple things i think one thing to remember that when we talk about being in the energy of obligation but it's my dad but it's my mom but it's family when we are in a program we're running a program of obligation that obligatory program actually prevents your family members. It blocks them from ever healing. Mm. And it's not your job to heal them. You have no control over whether they heal or not, elevate or not. But you are contributing to blocking their healing by continuing to get in the hamster wheel and run the same patterns over and over and over again with them. And sometimes that really does mean to no longer show up and spend that time with them. For some people, that is the best choice. That's the highest choice. Why? It gives them the space and the opportunity when you set that kind of boundary or any boundary that is needed, a loving boundary, always loving. But when you are able to do that, you are in your power. And when you are in your power, you actually create the space for other people to change. They now have the choice to change. You gifted them, whether they know it or not, whether they ever realize that doesn't matter. You've gifted them a, an energetic spaciousness, an opportunity for them to choose something differently as well. That is a beautiful divine gift with zero expectation. If it's expectation attached to it, it's not divine. Mm -hmm. So you have to remember that you're not doing it to make them change. That's not divinity. That's coming from ego. It's I'm choosing this for myself. This is a level of self-love. And I am actually then creating the space for them to potentially choose to change as well, elevate as well. And if they don't, that is okay. That is their individual soul path. And it's none of your business, whether it's family or not. It's none of your business what their soul path is. What is your business is not to block any other human being's path from elevating, mm -hmm. from healing, and from changing. So if I know that I'm showing up out of obligation, that means I'm showing up in a program of dysfunction. I am not showing up in a selfless energy. I'm not showing up in a place of power, from a place of power. And if I don't show up as that, I am always contributing negative energy to the scenario, no matter what. But if I show up healed and whole, and sometimes that means by not showing up at all, I am creating the space. I'm no longer participating in blocking that person from healing. Could you give anything more selfless during a holiday season than that? 
Mm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I just got chills. So there's truth in that, no doubt. Mm. <laughs> Ev, what are you uh, What are you making of what of what uh, Rachel just shared? Well, it's it's the beautiful different octaves of love, isn't it? Mm. You know, to me, this is the season, the true season of really love. And sometimes love can be putting up those hard boundaries. That's why we call it tough love. Mm -hmm. So we get caught up in these f feelings of, you know, uh, up in the air and all of these other emotions, not realising what we're, Rachel was saying there, that sometimes by putting up that wall, that, that boundary for yourself and not uh, compromising your own self-worth value and wants, needs and desires, that that is actually a form of love as well. Mm -hmm. So you're actually creating more power, not in your own life, but also for that other loved one, beloved, that may not be on their self-awareness journey or along the path as, uh, as far as you are. And that's not being disrespectful or coming from an ego place. That's just saying to yourself that, okay, I have gotten to here on my journey. You know what? I'm aware that woman over there that I call my mum in those eyes too is a little girl. You got it. So I'm not going to steal her joy, happiness and cheer from this time of the season. But I'm not going to steal my own either. You got it. That is a level. That's the way of honoring of where they are at and where you are at. That is a, the way of honoring. That's that's mm -hmm. a way of oneness consciousness is to honor that. Mm -hmm. If I can paraphrase what I, I think I heard you say is that it's really showing up and seeing um, our relatives with empathy and not showing up as the wounded adult child one more time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. we, take, we take the high road, meaning we, we show up with loving intention set. We show up with a, a shift in our mindset from the wounded adult child to um, I'm going to show up as my authentic self with love in my heart, dignity and grace, as that conscious observer, but I'm not going to accept unacceptable behavior either. There you go. But in order mm -hmm. to do that, part of it is, is, is really seeing the, those that have maybe caused us pain or, or wounds in the past, see them as adult, you know, adult wounded children of the, of themselves. Yeah. And have empathy for them instead of, being angry at them or holding on to those feelings of injustice yes. within the home. Yeah. How do we break because that cycle? How do we break that cycle? I mean, I've, we've shared some of the, the tools tonight, but are we missing anything here? So well, I think love. <laughs> comes it's back again. Episode 130. Oh, is this 132? <laughs> yeah, 132, brother. Okay. From episode one to 132, self-love, valuing yourself, valuing your joy, valuing your resonance, valuing what is important for you, valuing, not you, valuing our needs. What do we value? And is that value reciprocated? Because 
once again, we said this a million times, the only relationship we're ever having is the relationship we're having with ourselves. And if we keep on moving within and valuing us, then we could see outside of ourselves more clearly where that value is not mirrored back to us. Mm-hmm. Then it's like Ev said earlier, taking responsibility for our own joy. It really comes down to that. And we spoke about that in every single episode. And we're speaking about it again in episode 132. It's self-love. It's, that's, if, that's, that's how I look at it. If I may add to that, it's, the, it's increasing our self-awareness if we are running an egoic mm-hmm. pattern of attachment, that yeah. we expect yeah. them to be different. We expect them to give us what we need. That we're not little babies anymore. Right. It's and that, it's unfair. Rachel, Rachel it's, that, it's that, it's it, here's the thing, and I'm saying it again, I'm repeating it again, what Ev said earlier. The only way we can take responsibility is the adult in us taking that responsibility. Mm-hmm. It is that little boy and that little girl within that is still going to family, to mom and dad, to whatever it is with that. I just hope that they will be the mom and dad that I want them to be, says my little 10 year old boy inside yes. of me. Exactly. That's what it really comes down to. And that's the problem that that in it, you're go you're showing up as as the 12 year old and the 15-year-old or the five-year-old. And as a burden. And as Mm -hmm. a burden, you are showing up as a burden because if they were too wounded to do it the first time around, what makes you think they can do it today? It's an unfair burden that you're becoming. So heal yourselves and show up with love and power and let Mm -hmm. go of the attachment that they have to be any different than they are. You let that go, you're creating the space for them to at least have an opportunity to heal themselves and elevate. Yep. If they look at it that way, though. Bingo. Bingo. Mm-hmm. But they, they feel want, it. If they look at they it, feel if it. they look at it that way, if they want to even question, like, you know what? I'm gonna um hang out with my friends uh uh this this Christmas, mom and dad. And then mom and dad might say, Hmm, I wonder why. Will they have the awareness to say, I wonder why Jeff mm-hmm. or Jeff, Rachel, Evis. Uh, Josh, Jay, does, they don't well, doesn't want to come here this year. I wonder why. Do do will I, will I could I ask them that him that him that her that question, and then like Josh, open up a dialogue to a healthy conversation that we're having here right now that Josh had with mom a couple of weeks ago, or. Will they? Will that not happen? I know in my case, not with my parents. My parents are long, long gone, and um, I enjoyed being with my parents on Christmas. It's the, it's the other part of the family that there is no way in hell, and hell ain't freezing over that they're <laughs> going to wonder why. That's because the they don't, because they don't because the bottom line is is that. They don't value us. Mm. Mm. So well, then you here's, make another here's, choice. Here's the challenge, though, is that we talk about other people not valuing us. And I'm going to invite Rachel to, to jump onto this one. But 
before other people can value us. It's our responsibility to teach people how to treat us. Boom. And, and that's, Boom. thank you, Josh. And that's where the rubber meets the road. It's time for us to, you've heard me say this before, and I'll say it right here, right now. It's time for us to show up and grow up. For that little boy, a little girl within, it's our responsibility to protect them. It's our responsibility to do the work, regardless of what they choose or don't choose to do. But, but ultimately, yes. it, it really, it is our responsibility to parent that little boy and girl within and make sure that, that they are safe and they feel safe. And at any time, you've heard me say this before, we can exit stage left. As mm -hmm. they say yes. in Woody's little world in Hollywood, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Well, and Bugs, it, and Bugs Bunny actually said that, Jay. Okay. <laughs> 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 what are you going to uh, say? That if, when, not if, when other people on this planet do not value you, because not everybody is going to value you. And it's sometimes those that's going to include family members. The it doesn't matter. You know why it doesn't matter? Because I value me. Mm. Because value mm -hmm. comes from me. I value me. And as long as I value me, I have value. I feel valued because I am giving that to myself. And when I give that to myself, that allows me to be in my power to set boundaries with people that I need to but also to receive the value that other people are willing to give to me. And if mm -hmm. we can just remember that part, valuing myself doesn't come with some egoic attachment that that means automatically everybody else that comes across me is going to value me. No, they're not. That is an inner child with wishful fairy tale thinking. The truth is not everybody is going to value you. And some of those could be your family members, the ones who you think should value you the most. But those are the conditions in the brainwashing. It doesn't matter when I value me. So we learn to self-love. We learn to value ourselves. That allows us to gain the power to value other people. Isn't that who we want to be anyway? And that's not how mm -hmm. we want to show up. And if other people can't do it, that is okay. I observe that. I set boundaries. I won't hang out with certain people that are going to be negative or horrible or harmful to me because I value myself enough, but others that don't value me, that's all right because I got me. The universe has my back. Mm -hmm. Divinity has my back. And there mm -hmm. will be people that come along that also have my back sometimes, but if not, I always got me. So you're mm -hmm. never alone because you always can value yourself. You are the mm -hmm. source of all joy, value, love, and happiness. It has to come from inside of you. Boom. Boom. <laughs> okay, we can, we can wrap it up. That's yeah, a wrap. Right? And, and my closing, I mean, Rachel, you just sparked something in me was that um, if you think about it, when we're showing up as our wounded child self and we're expecting someone to change or behave differently, that's not unconditional love either. Nope. Oh. So why the hell are we asking for it and we're not giving it? And it. I think that's sort of the crux of everything that we're saying. When we show up differently and we show up not needing anything and we just show yes. up in our power out of love, like Ev was saying around this time of the year, yeah. that's contagious. Yes. Beautiful. And, 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 and understanding too, sorry, Joe, but understanding too, if you're not feeling valued within, particularly in those closer relationships of yours, 
understand brothers and sisters that we're still living in this mirror consciousness. Mm -hmm. So what is being reflected back to you that's happening within you? Where is that self-worth, that value? You know, Ev, I hear you with that, but eventually we have to make a choice. I, I really feel that it comes to that place that if someone is not valuing you, there's no mirror there. You've come to a place that you value yourself enough. We really, we have to get to the point of, I'll say, it's really important to get to a point where we're not always looking in the mirror at something that's still, that we still need to work on. Yes, that's true in very, on many levels. But eventually, if we get to a place on our, in our evolutionary process in the human form in this incarnation, where we are at that stage that we are really valuing ourselves as an adult, we will know when someone else is just not. And there's no mirror there. This is a really interesting so, conversation. Yes. And I want to... I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this. How do we know? Well, the mirror, the mirror that I'm talking about, Jeff, is your emotions. It's all an emotional game down here, brothers and sisters. So if someone's treated something off you that doesn't feel of value, what is the emotion attached to some sort of event, situation, per person, time or place within your life that still has to be released and worked through? That's mm -hmm. how you know. That's how you know. That's the answer, Josh, is right there. Evis just answered you. That's how you know. If you are actually triggered and activated and running programs and this feels mm. awful, that's how you know. I still have some healing to do. And this is mirroring something to me. But Jeff was spot on. When there are just people, it is has nothing to do with a mirror. Yeah. They There are people. I know my mother does not value me as a human being <laughs> at all. I know that. I feel it. I sense it. And I can tell you there are aspects of her when I still spent time with her that I valued certain things. I had grown enough and healed to where I could see certain really beautiful, incredible things. I valued certain things about her. I also was able to observe from a level of no judgment mm -hmm. how horrible she still was to me sometimes. Those, that's her pain. Those are her wounds being projected onto me. That is not a lack of a value of myself or anything that I needed to heal. Those Hold are on, her projecting right her wounds. Stop right there, Rachel, please, mm -hmm. for a moment. <laughs> Jay's chopping at the bit. Just take, take a breath. Because what you just said there is so powerful that so many women especially need to hear that the way she treated you is not about you. It's her own wounds that has her showing up that way. And you're, you're actually triggering her, not by there's something within you that's triggering a reaction on how she's really reflecting about feeling about herself. You got it. So it is how the do lack you of power. It is the lack of power. When I'm in the presence, my daughter was able to heal and gain power I am triggered as a mom because I was never able to do that. So I will trigger her 100% of the time that I am around her just by being me. And 
I understand it and I see the wounds and I can have love for it, but I also don't deserve to be treated that way. Right. And with that, Rachel, as Ev was saying, comes up emotions and feelings. Mm -hmm. Wow. How does it make me feel that my mom does not value me? You know what? Here are the feelings that make I feel angry, sad, whatever. And then you just, I'm, I'm with those. And it might be triggering that the feelings of that wounded child. But as the adult, we can nurture the child in that in those moments of okay i'm feeling sad and angry that mom doesn't value me okay i will go and do that work with the tools i have but as the adult i value myself so much that i will nurture that child but i am no longer going to have the obligation that i've got to go spend the holidays with mom because I, as the adult, am not valued, and I know that. And you Little. also know that you're healed when you have compassion for that person. Yeah. When you're not triggered and yeah. wounding anymore. Right. Yeah. It's when you have compassion for that person because you see the pain that they're in or they wouldn't treat you that way. And that doesn't make an excuse for the way that they treat you. It doesn't. It doesn't justify it. But when you just have compassion for it and you can observe with no judgment, this behavior really isn't going to change. And I have compassion for that, but I also have self-love and value yep. for me. So I'm not going to keep showing up. That's, that's how you know you've healed it. You have compassion for that person. For both. Yes. Yes. What do you mean by that? For both, Josh? Can you tell for me? For ourselves and them. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. You know, believe it or not, we are less than three minutes to the hour. Let's keep going. <laughs> Just oh, oh, oh. <laughs> ahead, Ed. No, 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 you're right. <laughs> so I, I've got an obligation to go with my mum shortly and go shopping with her. Uh, there you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> choice. There you go. A loving choice. Yeah, but Ev, Ev, choice. Your, your mom gets it. Yeah, your your mom also hears you, mm. and you've helped your mom raise her awareness and consciousness. You've you've shared that on the show. You've shared that with us. Mm -hmm. So your your mom is open. How wonderful is that? Yeah, I yeah, mean, how graceful sure, can you be? I'm sure, it wasn't always that way for Evis, though. I'm sure he had a mm. he had a lot of sweat equity and have the courage to step in. As yeah. his self to mm -hmm. again, teach people how to treat him, she mm -hmm. wasn't she wasn't this way out of the gate. I don't believe, right, Ev? I mean, oh, you no, had that's a, right. And I mean, you learn some of those beautiful things along the way. Like for me, my my, my number one thing that I learned was patience. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful mm -hmm. to see her journey slowly evolving to the person that she is today, even at her age, after all the trauma and abuse that she went through as a child. Mm -hmm. And mm. that I was able to be a loving part of that journey. And it just shows you the beautiful connection of how, in a funny and deep way, I'm her invention coming through <laughs> for her healing in the future. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Magnificent, yeah. But the wonderful part is that she 
was open. Open. Yeah, open yeah. to do it. And that's what we're talking about here. Mm. Yeah. Josh's mom is open mm. to to hear, to to grow. Your mom was open to hear and grow. And then we in turn, you two guys in turn could go, okay, mom's open. Mom mm. may be listening. And now I can now make choices to have that um, compassion and patience because they're open. You see, yeah. More, more than yeah. likely, a couple of us here, oh, that is not that. <laughs> it's not well, the experience. <laughs> and but, Ev, I know, I mean, I know so you're... Jay, Jay's mom. Jay's mom. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jay's had mm -hmm. his, you know, she, Jay, you You're know. talking about my mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah but we're talking the boundary now. No, but Jay's <laughs> mom is is open and and his relationship has changed with his mom because she's like, oh, okay, you know, on certain levels. That's that's all really we ask for. Mm. Right. Well, here, here's the thing, here's the thing though. I, I want to preference this, and I'm going to invite, uh, based on what you just shared, Jeff, Rachel to Rachel to jump in here. Is that um, when we come, when we have uh, siblings, just because one sibling makes inroads with a parent does not mean that it's a trifecta. Let's say it doesn't mean that mm -hmm. it's like a game of dominoes where everyone it just falls in line. What right. do you, no. right. so what, what, you know what I'm, you know where I'm going with this, right, Rachel? So just because yeah. let's say you have the courage to, to set loving boundaries with a relative that, that, um, that's now changed how they, how they show up. It doesn't mean that, that they will change how they show up with your siblings, <laughs> you have siblings. So, mm -hmm. so, so how does that work then? What, 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 what has to happen in order for, the parent or the brother or this or whomever the relative is that is uh, dishonoring dis and disrespecting and causing drama and trauma at the family dinners, even even as an adult. First of all, who's stepping up and showing their loving power to set boundaries, whether it's directed at you or not? Hmm. That is so no different than when somebody says something racist and you say nothing. We make excuses for our family because they're our family. And that's where that's where we're failing as a human race. It is no different than somebody being extremely misogynistic and sexist. And we just sit back and say nothing because they're family. So you have no attachment, none. You observe, you show up as love, you show up as power. And your sibling's journey, your um, parents' journey, your cousin's journey, your aunt's and uncle's journey, that is between them and source, the universe. It isn't any of your business what somebody else's journey is. Mm -hmm. And we have to stop thinking we're entitled enough and arrogant enough to think that we should be a part of it. It's not any of your business. It is between their soul and the universe. But in human form, while you're interacting with one another, parents will often treat one sibling very differently than they treat another one. Mm -hmm. And that there can be a lot of pain there, but heal it. What are you there to learn and grow from? But if you're the one that's the favorite 
and you're not standing up for your sibling and setting boundaries, what does that say about you? Mm. That's, that is really important self-assessment. I can tell you the first time that my relationship really went to shit with my mom many, 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 many years ago was the first time I said to her, listen, the way that you talk about my sister, I'm not going to be a sounding board for that anymore. And I mm. know you call her and do the same thing and that's okay. But I am saying no, no more. Can you call me and mm. say all of those things? It's unloving and it is unkind. And I don't think that's the way a mother should talk about her daughter. So I'm setting a boundary. And that went to shit and it's never been the same. She was screaming bloody murder at me. Mm. And that's okay. Well, at oh, some level though, isn't that just, doesn't that disempower our sibling then? Instead, of, like we're, we're become their spokesperson rather than them having oh, the cards. No. I became my spokesperson because mm -hmm. I you, will not no. contribute. Mm -hmm. I will not be a part of that. Mm -hmm. I will, I'm my spokesperson and it is no different. The micro, what we see in the world, the out in the macro is what we're doing and we don't see it. So if I don't set that boundary in that way, and then I whine and cry about like sexism in the world, but I'm too afraid to speak up and say anything. What does that say about me? No, mm -hmm. I'm the, mm -hmm. I'm the spokesperson for me. My sibling has her own journey and her own level of power that she has to learn to set boundaries, whatever. That's none of my business. That's her journey. But mm -hmm. my journey is to show up in this situation and not contribute to that garbage. Mm -hmm. Because what does that say about me? If I'm a sounding board and I let somebody, you know, I'm a sounding board for that hate. Mm -hmm. No, I won't be a sounding board for that. Mm -hmm. So, I, had to, I had to do that with both of my parents. With each other? Each parent coming to me talking about each other. My mother mm. talking about my father. My father talking about my mother. And I was caught in the middle. And I, I was caught in the middle ever since I'm like 15 years old until I finally had to tell both of them after I was in my 40s. Mm. I'm do I, don't even call me. If you're going to talk about each other that way, talk to each other or get divorced. But that had a big, big effect on me because I was the one caught in the middle for bo both of them. And the shit mm. that they would say about each other to me, it was like after a while, Rachel, I just said, exactly. as Jay, as no Jay would say, no mas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm laughing about it now. But it, mm. it had a huge, huge effect on me yeah. um, in uh, in my model of re of a loving relationship. Sure, it's a big deal, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Evis, have you ever found yourself kind of caught caught in a crossfire? In yeah, brother. Family members. Yeah, brother. It was both sides. Exactly what you're saying there, Jeff. Caught in the crossfire, one hundred percent. You know, and how did, which, you, which, how, did you, uh, how did you handle it? Yeah, well, I was only a kid. So at oh. that time, you've, mm. you yeah. don't know anything better. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, on the self-awareness journey, you know, after I had to get past, you know, men couldn't be trusted. <laughs> and then the other way around, you know, mm -hmm. about women. So mm -hmm. it was very confusing growing up in those early years. Yeah. Sure. Sure. That's a, that's a show in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, man. Says, I've always said, 
talk to people, not about people. Jason. Beautiful. Oh, Jason. Is he a brother over, overseas? Yeah, he's, he's dark and young country, just down the road from me. Nice. Oh. Beautiful. As we, uh, as I want to, I want to take a moment here, Rachel, to again, thank you for joining us on our, our year and, uh, one of the last couple of year-end episodes in 2022, it has been such a joy and such an honor to to hold space for you to have you come into a, into the studio with four men that are all on our own journeys of some form of awakening, coming home to return to love of self. It's it's always an honor to have you join us. I want to invite you to share a little bit about what's new in in your world right now as far as your work, and um, we all know, well, we don't all know, but why don't you talk a little bit about the book that you that you published, I believe, just in the last half a year or less. Tell us the title. How can people buy the book, and what is the essence of the book? What's it about? What's the foundation? What's the message? Thank you for that. I appreciate that. So before I say that, I gave a lot. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. I just quickly want to say I want to send so much love to Evis's mom as well. I gave a lot of love and a shout out to Josh's mom. And I want to send the same mm-hmm. level of love to Evis's mom. Based, I don't want her to feel yeah. left out. Thank you for being oh, open and thank you for healing yourself. Mm. I send love to you for that. Um, oneness consciousness. That's, that's what the book is about. Um, Mason's Way, the 20 universal ways of oneness taught by the spirit of an enlightened dog. Um, and thank you, Josh. I have the book right here too. (laughs) (laughs) You can get it on Amazon. Um, I channeled this text the morning after my Mason died and the wisdom that came through that I was taught, especially about what equality truly means came from a canine, somebody I spent over 14 years of my life with. He was my spiritual teacher and my guru and the 20 universal ways of oneness really are um, aspects that we can all learn, integrate and become in order to heal ourselves 100% and help to heal this planet and help to function in the way of what true unconditional love and oneness really means for all of us to be in unity as a global community, as a global community. And that's, that's what the book is about. And, oh, and there's another one. (laughs) So I would invite you all to please, please read it. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, it would be hard for it not to touch your heart and soul in some way. I'm not biased by any means, but. (laughs) And how is the new canine, Rachel? Oh, I have my new baby. Mm -hmm. I do. I have a new baby. His name is Benson. 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 He gains like four pounds a week. He's like 60 pounds and he's got like another hundred to go. I think he's got at least 60 to go. Um, my new soul companion dog came in after this book hit a bestseller. Um, uh, Mary says, I feel the connection with my dog Milo as I read this book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's definitely opened up thank you. Mary's, Mary's uh, heart connection to Milo. And mm-hmm. Milo has just responded in such a loving way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been beautiful to witness to see this this love connection between the two of them mm. that uh, that I'm part of, you know, because we share a bed. So oh. <laughs> three of us share a bed now. Milo's yeah, 
<laughs> simple, not easy. Is big dog, but uh, yeah, go on. I'm sorry. No, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I just this this is my soul's work. This book represents my soul's work. So I hope that there will be some people that are inspired to to go out and get your copy and and have a read. What did you learn about yourself when you wrote this book that you didn't know prior? That you're willing to share? Um, that I was capable of getting through grief that felt like my soul had died that day. That I had mm. reached a level of divine power and self-love for myself in my pain in such an excruciating way, but that I didn't resist it. I didn't wish it to go away. I was 100% open in the way of presence, in the way of unconditional love, in the way of selfless service for my Mason. I had 24 hours to say goodbye as he died in my arms. Mm. Um, the spiritual teachings that he gifted to me, I don't have words for. My level of gratitude for what he represented and what all humans are meant to achieve and what we can achieve um, that's the biggest thing that I learned that I was powerful enough to nurture and love my grief with zero resistance to it. And that level of love and power, I never thought when I was younger, I'd ever be able to achieve that. I had too much pain and suffering. And mm. I, that showed me that I had gotten there. Mm. Beautiful. So did you just say, if I may, if I'm interpreting you correctly, your beautiful dog kind of guided you to learn how to grieve in a loving, healthy way that you lacked before? Mm -hmm. With all of the things that he taught me, it was in my grief that was so excruciating from losing him that I got to see my true level of unconditional love and power for myself. Mm -hmm. That level mm -hmm. of self-love was shown to me the day that he died and I had to say goodbye to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get that. Um, I, I, I get that on a really profound, deep level because when I started on my healing journey, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't lose a dog. My dog didn't transition right away. Eventually she did. But it was really the first time in my adult life where I was a, like an open wound. I was an open wound, actually, a few. And I was in so much pain that I faced three deaths within all at the same time. First was the death of my marriage. The second was my dad transitioned just a couple of months later when I exited out. And then I realized the third death was the death of myself. And so... I understand what you're sharing because I I had I have always avoided it and avoided the feelings and emotions around the the feelings of the loss, the feelings of the pain, the you know, associated with the, the depths of it. And I understood exactly what you just said now. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful process. We just have to have the courage to embrace the death or the transition and embrace it the way we talked about embracing coming to a family holiday obligation right now yeah. or family dinner. It's not an obligation anymore. We just changed that tonight. 
we're, yes. we're killing it. We're, we're shredding it. We're putting it. <laughs> yes. We're no longer obligated to do anything except one thing. It's to show up for ourselves. First and first always. No matter what, we have to show up for ourselves. Like they say in the next airplane flight, you may be taken home to the holidays. Put the mask on yourself first. So what else? How can how else can people reach you? How else can they follow you, find you, seek you, learn more about Rachel Fiore, spiritual leader, mystical therapist? How can, how can people seek you? <laughs> <laughs> you can go to mastersofselfuniversity.com. Mastersofselfuniversity.com. That's my corporation, and that's where we offer all the coaching and healing programs that are very near and dear to my soul. So mm -hmm. mastersofselfuniversity.com. So if you are continually seeking yourself, call Rachel. There you go. There well, you by go. the way, as we're gonna, I've, we're gonna I've been fortunate enough to go through uh, three sessions with Rachel too, and they're insanely amazing, like breakthrough work like I've never experienced before mm -hmm. in my life. And, um, it was, it was elevating. It was next level, Rachel. And you're such a gentle, beautiful guide in that way too. It was, you're like a no nonsense person in life. And we love that about you. And you just tell it like it is, but your process with me was just so gentle and kind and loving. And, um, it was easy to step in to that new a level of self and awareness. So thank you for being my guide as well mm -hmm. earlier this year. It was amazing. Thank Rachel's you, work is incredible. Let's set, let's set an intention, Josh. Josh, Jeff, and and Rachel, that in 23, somehow, some way, we all are physically together in the same oh. room. I don't know if it's possible. Yeah. But if, if it is possible, possible, it will it will happen. We uh, all five of us will be in the same room together. We will come in live. We will touch. We will hold. We will hug. We will love on each other. We will honor and we will respect each other. And that's my intention for 2023. I know that I believe it was early this year where uh, we were together in Southern California. Not all of us have we were not able to be there with you. But I'm um, hoping maybe this year coming up that uh, you will be able to join us. And so that we could just have a beautiful Real Men Real Talk Live with Rachel Fiore Love Fest. And, um, with an audience. With, that, with a live audience. Yeah, that, we're, good, we're good for mm -hmm. that too. Rachel, I want to invite <laughs> you to out tonight with some closing thoughts around tonight's topic and uh, whatever you feel in your heart. And we're going to call it a wrap and put a pretty, pretty bow in the show. Thank you. Just to remember that when you're in the vibrational frequency or you're running programs of obligation, you're not helping anybody. You're not helping yourself. You're not helping the family members that you, you feel obligated to. So first and foremost, gain the self-love, do the work to heal enough and expand and elevate enough that you can offer selfless love for yourself. That's what unconditional love is but also towards your family members, wherever they are in their path. We emphasize a lot that first and foremost, you have to take care of you. That is very true. And it's not in a selfish way. 
the more you care for you, the more love you have for you, the more love and selflessness you have to offer everybody else on this planet. That's why it's so important to care for yourself first. That's never to exclude other people, including those family members. It's so that you can elevate enough to offer a powerful level of oneness, consciousness, unconditional love for all on this planet. No more excluding, no more separation programs. It's time we elevate enough to have love for everybody. And love and honoring also means for the ones that we have to step away from. Mm. There it is. It's a wrap. Rachel, <laughs> we love you. I love you. We all love you. Thank you for joining us. I love you guys so much, really. Mm. My soul, my soul family right here. You're my soul family members. I have so much love for you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. We love you. Viewers, thank you for joining us tonight on episode 132 as we head into the, the final leg of 2022. Um, take care of yourself. Take a moment to breathe. Take a moment to process. Take a moment to pause. Take a moment to talk to that beautiful little girl or boy within and let them know how much you love that little child within you. And uh, other than that, I love you guys. We'll catch you next time on Real Men. Real Talk. Bye.